At 4ZZZ, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging of the Turrbal and Yagara people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded, and we stand in solidarity with them. Good morning, comrades, and welcome to Workers' Power here on 4ZZZ. My name's Bill. I use the he, him pronouns. I'm Jen. I use she, her. I'm Jackson. I use they, them. I'm Cal. He, him. All right. Well, who's who's in a bit of... Just quickly, who's in Afterglow of May Day? <laughs> I'm a bit tired still. I'm I'm a ball. <laughs> yeah, my, my legs are a bit sore. Look, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, in, in the probably in the second half of the show. We're going to talk about um, what, what the day was for us because we spent the day asking uh, unionists what it meant f- meant for them. But we mm. can talk about you know what what the day is for us, and uh, um, yeah, we, we we love Labor Day, so we may as well talk about it again. Um, but. Something's happened overnight that uh, we've got to address on the show. Very, you know, and bring everyone up yeah. to speed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for for regular listeners, they would know that um, there's a, 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 a well, a standoff. A, there's an action out at Deeping Creek where where there's uh, some First Nations protectors out there that are, are trying to protect the country, and um, they've uh, they've been out there for a number of years now. And yeah, uh, since 2019. Yeah, and and they've they've set up. You know, one could call it a small town. Yeah, and it's a full on occupation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, so what what happened overnight? Um, uh, it seemed like it was very well planned. I, I, they, um, they, the police came in, arrested mm. um, any any of the uh, protectors as uh, trespassers, or or they gave them public nuisance charges. Yeah, I think I read that uh, over twenty people were arrested. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and um, and so when I went out there, I was out there on my way in this morning. Um, it just. It just looked awful, comrades. Right? There was, there was about, there, there would have been a couple of dozen coppers out there, and then then about a, another couple of dozen security guards, and then another thirty workers. All in this, uh, you know, it seemed like a the word is orchestrated, an orchestrated attack uh, attack on on um, the First Nations protectors, um, you know, occupying the the, the country out there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, very calculated. Um, so, the call is now to, to, if you can get out there, to head out there. And uh, there's, um, I've heard that, and, and the other thing that I've note uh, that, that I'll note here is, the workers that they had, they they weren't following OH and S. So I've heard that I've heard that there's there's a union that, that, that there's a union that's interested in that um, from a safety aspect um, and calls to to, to um, you know uh, go and ch- check check that aspects of it. But what I've done is uh, um, we, I've, I've organised to give Kerry a call. I'm going to play a play a song in a minute, and then whilst we're doing that, um, we'll get Kerry on the line, who's uh, a big supporter of the um, Deeping Creek Protectors, and um, will be a voice on the ground and give, uh, give us an update of, of what's happening out on the ground. Uh, yeah, and just to correct my mistake, it wasn't um, 20 people arrested, but 20 police and developer cars arriving to um, destroy the site. Uh, also, uh, looking at the latest uh, live stream, the ETU are there, so or some ETU members are there and helping to uh, helping the First Nations people. As a Kundamuka man, um, I, I think that's pretty appalling um, because we actually have a ten embassy on Point Lookout uh, in um, North Strati where they've pr- protested the development of um, uh, like the point because of um, 
a whale centre being proposed. And uh, if, if something like that happened out on Stratty, it would just cause an absolute shit stir in the, the community. And I, I think uh, a lot of Aboriginal people, irrespective of where you're from, would actually be quite appalled by those actions. Yeah, well, Absolutely. there's a cemetery yeah. right there, and that, that, yeah, that um, land is This is it. more than just sacred land, you know what I mean? All lands is sacred Aboriginal land, but this land is extra significant because of the historical context. There are human remains on site that are evidence of a massacre that occurred uh, because that land used to be a mission where Aboriginal people from all different countries were taken and put there and atrocities occurred and there's evidence there's human remains and by uh, turning it to, to by developing over the top they will be disrupting that that evidence and it covering is it up. It's also desecration of graves. It's, it's, it's desecration of graves. It's desecration of the spirits of the ancestors who are there. Mm. And we know that when they die, the ancestors sometimes come back as trees or animals. So by removing all of the trees and the animals from that area to turn it into a development site, that is like an attack on their ancestors. And and it's also in terms of... of uh, historical evidence it's i feel like it's 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 silencing history it's covering up the atrocities that took place there um the deep creek mission has been trying to get um the human remains recognized they'd been in contact with archaeologists um in western australia who um looked at the data and looked at the photos and like said that in their professional opinions they believed them to be human remains but when they asked for a police inquiry the police said they were rocks um but the the experts the archaeologists believe them to be human remains but now we'll never really get a full you know study conducted on these remains because they are now developing housing over the top so um it's i feel like it's not doing justice to the people who lost their lives yeah deebing creek started out initially that's where um it was one of the first uh first nations uh, missions uh, um where they the, the, they dragged all the first nations people from uh, um uh, southeast queensland out there there to um put them out of the way so to speak um and uh and uh yeah there, 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 there's uh, there's plenty of struggle that's uh, in and around this land and um yeah it's very very sacred out at deeping creek i've got uh, kerry on the line can you hear me there kerry i can bill thank you well, th- thank you for taking us a call, and uh, you know, uh, th- there was some out of, a lot of our listeners. We we gave them a bit of an intro into uh, Deebing Creek, but uh, um, there's some stuff that's happened overnight. Could you give us an update? Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure how much DK has explained, um, but at about 4.15 a.m. this morning, um, police and developers came to the protection site and forcibly removed and evicted all of the on-site protectors who have been um, reoccupying this land as a protection site for the last over three years. And and they, they showed up with, with quite a show of force too, didn't they? They absolutely did. There was um, minimum 50 police officers this morning for the dozen protectors who reside on site, um, along with, uh, you know, another dozen private security guards. Um, When they did arrive on this First Nations site, there was no Aboriginal liaison officer with them. Um, Those people didn't arrive for another three hours. Um, So there was very little communication between the First Nations people here on site and the police as to what was going on. Well, well, and now when when I was out there, I I also noticed that um, that the the workers that they had out there, they they weren't really being quite safe. Is everyone okay out there, and uh, has the safety issue been addressed yet? 
So um, the police are all still blocking any of the community supporters and First Nations people who have arrived from accessing the site. They've started bulldozing all of the structures. So all of the um, the protectors' vehicles and caravans that they were using have, as homes have now been removed from the site, effectively leaving all of those people homeless. And all of the structures have now been bulldozed, um, despite clearly being told that there are cultural artifacts inside those structures. Yes, tell us more about the significance of this site. Um, so Deben Creek Mission was the first mission in Queensland. Um, I, I'm a community supporter. My background, I'm from Canada. Um, so I'm not, you know, here to speak on behalf of any First Nations people. Um, I know that DK um, will do a fantastic job of that. Um, but yeah, this was one of the first missions in Queensland. So First Nations people from all over the state um, and all over the country were brought here. Many part of the stolen generation. And we know that lots of people who were brought to the mission um, never left the mission and their their remains are still here on site so this is a incredibly significant space culturally um, Yagara have um, you know the traditional owners of this land have used this site as a place of ceremony and a place of cultural practice for hundreds of thousands of years um, sorry thousands of years and um, and for the last several years have been protecting the remains. So ground penetrating radar was conducted a few years ago, which confirmed um, two trenches, which is consistent with First Nations oral histories of massacres occurring on this site. Um, there has been no excavation process to determine whether or not the um, bones that are on site are in fact human, um, although some have been identified to be human. We know that there has been a cover-up um, under the QPS uh, investigation of those bones, which was highlighted in the media, I, I believe it was in the Ipswich Tribune, um, that covered that story about the police cover-up of the human remains found on site. But the protectors are here trying to um, push for proper excavation so that the, the remains of their ancestors can be repatriated, brought home, and, and put to rest in a culturally appropriate way. Hi, um, I'm Cal here. Um, I'm actually Kondamuka man, and um, I'm from Stratty and Aboriginal myself. And I just want to ask you, um, has anyone considered putting in a human rights claim? Because that's actually a breach of cultural rights, one would think. Is that something you guys are looking and investigating to pursue? Absolutely, yes. Um, and we do have a number of human rights observers here um, on site today to document what's been happening. Um, but we do know that what's going on this morning and indeed, you know, throughout the last while is a direct violation of Queensland human rights legislation, um, of United Nations uh, Declaration of, the, of Rights and Freedoms, as well as UNDRIP, the Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. So there's three pieces of human rights uh, legislation that are being violated this morning. What sort of uh, resistance to the, to the destruction is there that you can tell us about? Um, so right now we've got about three dozen um, supporters, um, both First Nations and non-First Nations people who are here kind of documenting what's going on. But the police have erected fencing around the entire site um, and have formed a police barricade preventing anyone, including First Nations people, um, whose lands these are from accessing the site. So no one has eyes on the the evidence and the human remains except for the cops, is that right? That's right, that's right. So anything could happen to that evidence? Absolutely. And we know that there were cultural artifacts inside some of the structures that have been found on site, and those structures have since been bulldozed, um, with the police being fully aware that they contained important cultural artifacts. That's like destruction um, so of there evidence. there is some cultural heritage that has been lost. Um, so what can, what, what should people do to help? Um, I think right now people can call their local members of parliament, their local representatives, and express their displeasure, express their resistance to what is going on today. Um, contact QPS, let them know that you do not support the actions of the police this morning who explicitly said they were here acting on behalf of A.V. Jennings, a private development company. Um, follow Jarjimba, Deeping Creek Facebook page for updates um, and for more information about the site. And, you know, once police clear out and we can get back onto the site, come on down, meet the mob who are here protecting the land, have a yarn, um, learn the truth and, and participate in the reconciliation process. 
Fantastic. Uh, can, can we go over that again? Just, just so, because we know the listeners had to run out and grab a pen. Um, so it's the Jarjan Bar um, uh, 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 Facebook page. Could you spell that out for us? Yeah, it's J A R J U M B A H. Jarjan Bar means place of children. So we know that there was a schoolhouse here and um, many, many children who were brought to this site who never had the opportunity to leave and go home to their families. So the site has been named by First Nations Protectors Jarjamba in honour of the children that they're here protecting. Thank you. Fantastic for that. So uh, listeners and uh, can can uh, find out more and be kept up to date by that Facebook page. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, well, have you got anything else you, you wanted to add? Kerry? Um, I think that's good for now. I think it'd be very valuable. You know, like DK is a First Nations man. He's been one of the, you know, the real powerhouses here, um, standing ground since the very beginning. So I'm sure that he can speak more to, to Mob's perception of what's going on here and, and from, you know, First Nations protectors themselves. Well, yeah, well, th- uh, thank you. And, and I've been chatting with Daniel as well, um, who, who was arrested this morning, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, listeners can be kept up to date from, from that Facebook page. And uh, if there's any major uh, re- revelations uh, or anything major happening, we will also share it on our, uh, our, our socials. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that, Bill. We'll be posting live updates throughout the day. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time and, and thank you for standing in solidarity with First Nations people out there at Deeming Creek. Thank you and thank you for uh, covering the story. We really appreciate it, everyone here. And welcome back to Workers Power here on 4ZZZ. My name's Bill, I use a he, him pronouns. I'm Jenna, I use she, her. I'm Jackson, I use they, them. I'm Cal, he, him. Deeping Creek, right, so it's being stolen from First Nations uh, uh, people again. Yeah. Get that word, again. So, so to, to, to a long story short, the, wo- the, the land was stolen when, through colonisation originally happened, mm. right? And then, and then the, they 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 said, "All oh, right, well, we're going to ship you there, right? You're going to live there, right? But you've got to pay the crown for the land." Yeah. And they saw they they had to go work. The 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 the, the people that that live there, and they went to work. They would garnish their income to pay for the land. Mm. And then when the mission dissolved. Mm. The First Nations, but all of a sudden, that contribution that they were making disappeared. Poof, gone, 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 gone into midair, and the land was stolen off them again. Well, here's something to consider. Um, being a First Nations person myself, you, you guys or our listeners and the people I'm talking with here, our hosts, um, people might not be aware of this, but um, think about streets going around brisbane or sydney or melbourne or even out in the outback towns or where i'm from in strati you look around and some streets are called one mile street or boundary street boundary there's street. lots of boundary streets around now now ask yourself why that is because back in the day of the white australia policy and colonial era blackfellas couldn't come in one like one mile of the townships or one mile into harder town um so you you got to really ask yourself why so yeah so yeah and 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 they, they, they've had it stolen off them time and time again oh, and they and stole now, more yeah. than land yeah. they also stole children yeah let's not forget that yeah all right and uh look we've had some a uh, bit of bit of uh feedback from uh one of our Subscribers, Adrian has said, yeah, they did that raid on Labor Day. Disgusting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, overnight, you know, it's, uh, you know, they... Everyone they, was all relaxed from the public holiday and yep. then... Bang. You're right, Adrian. Yeah. And thank you for texting in. If you want to be like Adrian and text in your thoughts on this uh, historic day, desecration of Deeping Creek Mission, you can text in at 0420. 626-733 also if you have any if you have like any questions and stuff 
Yeah, that's it. That's oh four two oh six two six seven double three. Um, yeah, if you, if, especially if you're a subscriber, send it on in. And, this is uh, a moment in history. For it sure. is. Yeah, today's a day in history. So, um, yeah, I, 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 we've got a meeting um, at lunch, and then once that happens, I'm going to head back out there myself, and because uh, um, I live not near, not far from there, and um, see what we could do. See if we can build it up, and um, you know, uh, uh, stop this uh, desecration of the land. Once those remains are gone, though, nothing will bring them back. Like, that's that's one thing that once it's lost, it's lost. Okay, well, um, I think we've got a couple of things to chat about. Um, We'll we'll chat about May Day first. We'll do that because, um, and I I, want to feel good. We, we, you know, we've just had the last hour where we've been, you know, reporting on stuff that's not very pleasant. Um, So, so let's kind of, uh, you know, change the mood a little because we're going to talk about something um, that's going to get us all fired up, and that's. only some people have got a race to new start so we'll get to that but first let, let, let's chat, chat about yesterday yeah, I, I had a fantastic I, I'll, I'll go first you know what was a highlight of my day easy was seeing the members of the union um, um, chatting with each other that, that's what May Day is about where you come together it's not it's not about shaking Albo's hand it's not it's not about having a chat with your union secretary mm-hmm. uh, you know or, or anything like that it's about chatting with your co-workers you know chatting with with or fellow members mm-hmm. you know in your trade that might be at a completely different site and having a chat with them getting to know them getting to know what they're going through that that for me, is 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 a is a real highlight of uh, um, uh, of, of Labor Day, and you go around to to you know my union was doing it, but you go you go around to all all the marquees, all the area that 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 for me is the highlight. You know, groups of members sitting down having a chat, and mm. you know, showing you know being there in solidarity with each other. That said, Bill, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Um, unionism is all about the working uh, everyday people. And uh, it, it's about solidarity. But at the end of the day, some people don't understand how to show solidarity. And, I mean, I, I, the highlight for me yesterday was, you know, campaigning for Rafu on, on the streets was, was a highlight because you guys helped me out when I had some industrial actions that I needed. And we, we, we've know of people who still to this day who get that help. Um, that's what union is about, helping people who need that help who being um, mistreated in the workplace by the bosses. But I, the highlight aside from that was when the the SDA were right next to us and Bill and I were, yeah. were like, <laughs> looking at the tent and there was no one in there and I was just like, oh, well, we've got more people than them at the moment. <laughs> and, and, and then the other highlight was Bill and I just sorting out the sandwiches and getting some drinks out and... Then Jackie Trad's walking up right behind Bill, and I'm like, "Hey, Bill, uh, I, I think that's the the ex deputy premier." And Bill's like, "Oh, oh okay." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there's a few faces in and around there, you know. So, and, and how how about how about yourself, Jackson? What was oh, your yeah. highlight? Um, well, I was doing the broadcast yeah. for for four triple Z, talking to other people. Um, I think. There, there were lots of great people we talked to that day like uh, we talked to someone from IPAN uh, which is I can't remember what it stands for but they're the, basically the union anti-war people um, talked to um, uh, gosh my, my, my memory's failing me um, but you know there was yep no I can't remember anything well, but, uh, we, but one of the big ones at the end was yeah. um, Uncle Coco Uncle Coco um, Wayne Wharton um, who we was talking about the Treaty Before Voice campaign and gave a really uh, passionate and um, 
like re- really good uh, argument and update on their campaign. Uh, and if you want to listen to that, yeah, go to four triple z Yeah, that interview was was really good with with Coco. Um, you know, and and uh, they, it was a very simple message. Can I say my highlight? Yeah, yeah. Jackson stole it. It was Uncle Coco. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic. I went and saw him. Uh, he was. Um, picketing uh, like along the uh, the march and talking about uh, his Treaty Before Voice campaign that he's doing right now and you can go to Treaty Before Voice on Instagram I believe it's also like on Facebook and everything else as well and there's like um, information there because yeah the Voice to Parliament it's worded all vague you know what I mean and that's deliberate so that like you know it, it, it sounds like it's going to be, like, really good, but, like, um, some of these Aboriginal elders, such as Uncle Coco, um, have their... They have more information. Like, so if you really want to research and, like, cover all your bases so you really understand the voice department, parliament, uh, Uncle Coco's done a lot, a lot of research, and he's been in the game a long time, too. He's got a lot of experience. He knows a lot about, like... Um, you know parliament and how it operates and he's got a lot of really good insight and um he he also wants people to get on board with his campaign for sure so go to that instagram page if you want to read more there's lots and lots of information infographics if you're visual but also articles if you if you like to read like a nerd um there's a lot of that it it's 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 there's there's a lot there and it's, it's good to read up about it and hear it from the perspective of Uncle Coco, his Aboriginal elder, instead of just, like, you know, the, the government and taking their word for it. You know what I mean? Because I think it's good to be distrustful of the government and trust people like Uncle Coco, who are dope. It's and very interesting you say all this because as I was leaving the... Um the, the May Day rallies and I was walking to the traino to go home um, I spoke to one of my Aboriginal elders um, shout out to my Uncle Norm Enoch <laughs> and we were having a chat about treaty and voice and truth and all that actually about this very discussion because it's great to see the labour movement so passionate about Indigenous rights at the moment um, yes. and it, it, it is good in some ways but <clears throat> a lot of elders in the community some some differ on whether they're for or against the voice and, and that's fair enough that it comes with democracy but at the same point I think one of the concerns irrespective of whether you're for or against the voice is that there's not enough um, reflection of grassroots coming through from Damn the government right. Mm. Damn right. to the everyday but First this Nations is, people. This is grassroots yeah. right here. They're, mm. they're only really interested in showing the voices that support their stance. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, uh, irrespective if you're for or against it, I mean, um, yeah, there, there are some interesting um, points that they do raise about concern about the past with like say for, for example ATSIC and how that that operated for an x amount of years as well and i mean there was some good that it did but there was some issue it wasn't perfect too and i mean it's just about getting that balance right so i think it's interesting yeah to, to hear and if you, you know, want to say that if you want to support uncle coco in the treaty before voice campaign he is looking for some people to get involved and um he's got like meetings Musgrave Park, you know that that building there, and um, it's at six p.m. Thursday, and they're just like organizing a lot of it's like flyering and postering and that kind of stuff. That's like really easy to do, like especially if you're not Aboriginal, you know what I mean, and you don't know what's up. You can just go and just listen, you know what I mean, and then just put up some posters. It's that easy, and he would really appreciate it. Also, there's another group that has, like, a slightly different take, but also very sceptical on The Voice, and that's the BPU. And they've got an event coming up. So if you want to support the BPU uh, with their fight on Saturday, May 13th at Echo and Bounce, they're having a fundraiser gig. And Dancing Water's going to be there. Ethan Enoch's going to be there. All Cap No Stars. Soul Child. um, The Flood. Hell yeah, it's going to be sick. It's So it's $25 for a ticket to their fundraising gig. Unless you're First Nations, then it's free. 
Um, but if you're not First Nations, 25 bucks, and they're going to raise money. Good on them, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah, good on everyone, in, you know, out there, and good little discussion that one. Well done, comrades, and uh, uh, it was a big part of the day yesterday, you know. Um, uh, yeah, there was a big contingent, up, the, uh, a topic of discussion. Yeah, mm. uh, but uh, there was another big event that you know, like for for, for well, us here at Four Triple Z, and and as uh, as uh, you know, union members, uh, there was another big thing that happened uh, on the day, and it was fantastic to see the a giant group of the Red Umbrellas mm, marching yes, in absolutely. the ra- rally. The now, point. so for those that, that don't know, the Red Umbrella is the um, is the symbol for for the respecting, which is the sex workers union. It's also mm. just the symbol for like the international sex worker movement. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, there you go, and. Seeing all those brollies coming down uh, Wickham Street, uh, it was fantastic. Once again, best dressed union. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they look good. They got style. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I noticed yesterday that did sort of perturb me a little bit was the Premier saying, oh, we're outlawing fake unions. I mean, at the end what of the do day... What do they mean, fake? But the, union, the union movement is about everyday people. And, I mean, look at the sex workers, you know. They, if they didn't have a voice uh, for their workers, you know, change wouldn't have come about through social movement and change. Um, and, you know, look at, look at Rafu, some of the stuff we, we've been doing, um, getting the attention for the Apple workers when SDA wouldn't have bothered to give a rat's ass for so many yeah, years. Yeah, I assume when <laughs> he says fake unions, he means SDA. Oh, right? oh no, th- this was... Um, no, this, <laughs> the, it the, wasn't the, Albo, the it was ma- the Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. The main, the oh, main ones yeah. that the mm. Premier is trying to target are, are, mm. are those red unions, the... Um, NPAQ, which is yeah. the nurses, oh, um, and, and yeah. um, there's there's a there's a couple of others. They're red unions. We don't talk about them at all here on <laughs> on on um, four mm. triples there because because they're not they, they don't organise in any way. Mm. You mm. know, so they they don't organise. Yeah. So yeah. it's, a, it's you, the, you're paying for I've service. Seen their ads on Facebook. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah you, they're, you're they're paying they're, for a service, and they talk and about how they they charge less than the other unions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's no organisers. You know, there's no you know they don't have any organising at all. So mm. it's a, they're, they're not real. Um, you know, they're they're mm. on the other spe- so they're on the the other spectrum from us. Yeah. So we're 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 a far left union. Mm. They're a fully that that's as far right as you can go. They've even business, got they've yeah. even got uh, LNP uh, uh, you know oh, LNP supporters more corporatized. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's who they're targeting. But uh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because yeah. because uh, you know like uh, on one side they're saying oh we're we're decriminalising um, mm. sex work but on the other side they're going ah oh, but we're, we're, we're going to um, disempower the union for sex workers mm. because the sex workers aren't they're, 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 once it's decrimmed and once it's de- decriminalized right mm. uh, which is great fantastic really really good stuff um once that happens, um, respect will, will, will essentially be a, 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 a union very, very similar to, to RAFWU. Well, mm. look at it this way. Um, you know, the SDA, for example, with retail, um, I, I don't see the SDA kicking up a stink about um, all the automation going on in all the um, dis- um, distribution centres and, and all the Kmarts, Coles and Woolies and IGAs at yeah, the moment. Yeah, that's because they're doing a deal with Coles. Mm. It's what yeah. you call Greenfield, a exactly. Greenfield agreement. And when, yep. when, when the site isn't built yet, mm. right, what you can do is you can do a Greenfield agreement w- direct with the union. As long as the union signs off on it, you don't you don't need any workers or anything. It doesn't need... You know how most uh, agreements go to a vote of the workers? Well, there's no workers yet. Mm. Right, so you've got to deal do a deal with the SDA. Now, mm. we all know how deals with the SDA turn yeah. out, don't we? Right, so so that's why why bosses love it, and they move to the, 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 there's that that DC that they've opened out near near my way at Red Bank. Yeah, they oh, they took all oh, five hundred jobs. No, hang on a minute. How many jobs? I, I would I would I would guess to me. I'm just having a guess, and, and you know, just throwing figures out there, comrades. But I, I reckon that that site has probably cost five thousand jobs mm, mm. through automation. 
You know, so yeah, yeah. Doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> Not at all. I, I think we're we're, we're about to <laughs> explode <laughs> now. Now I'll, I'll uh, there, uh, just to bring everyone up to date because it's only happened that you know it's only really been an announced uh, overnight. And th- this story, I, I found one that's come from the Guardian, and um, it, it says Albanese government poised to increase job seeker. Mm. That sounds good for people over fifty-five. Oh. time by how much? The $50 daily rate will rise at at first only for people over 55. So it's not it's not for enough people, it's not for everyone and mm. even for the people that it does help. Is it even enough? Yeah, well, that's right. So th- th- there's been some um, uh, 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 revelations that senior ministers uh, uh, have been, um, you know, uh, uh, trying to reposition the government, you know. Uh, uh, w- w- so they're getting calls from poverty experts, you know, that uh, a substantial increase is, is um, and and this $50, it, it's inadequate. There's groups uh, out there's group. Oh, you know, you go. Yeah, uh, there's groups out there like um, ACOS, QCOS, AUWU that I used to help represent members for. Um, there's heaps of um, groups like the Anti Poverty Network, all advocating for an increase to the um, the cost of um, living affecting the payments, which people are advocating to increase the payments to be above the poverty line. I mean. Um, Oh, look, there'd be um, other groups out there pushing for it soon too. From my understanding, um, uh, there's a lot of teals like Senator David Pocock. There's even Jackie Lambie in the the crossbench and a lot of Greens MPs who advocate for the increase of the cost of living um, to meet with inflation on... um, the increases to the welfare payments but uh, ironically like what you were saying bill is there's now um about three or four labor backbenchers that have backed it but i think it's jumped up to 10 or 15 mps now questioning um this move by their own government because uh there's all this chatter about increasing the welfare payments before the next upcoming budget and i think um i mean i hear this time and time again that you know we can increase um welfare by all means because you know we've got money for some nuclear subs but but at the end of the day and they're not even good (laughs) nuclear subs like at the end of the day, like um, you know, we've got that money for the moolah for for the the military reviews and these flash high tech laser weapons as well that I was reading the other day. Um, but you know, what's the point of defending something if you're not gonna like look after <laughs> your citizens domestically? Yeah, <laughs> um, it's 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 pretty easy to. Uh, uh, believe all the crap they tell you about uh, oh there's not enough money to increase welfare payments where we'll get the money um, mm. we'll, 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 we'll drain our, our treasury dry or something um, but that's not why they don't increase job seeker they have the money they have they so proved it in COVID money. that they could yeah um, yeah exactly the, the yeah. reason that they don't increase job seeker is because if the job seeker was actually at an actually livable rate mm-hmm. then the bosses would have to actually pay you a decent amount to work for them um i'll t- i'll tell you what it is my mum used to work for um groups like serena russo max employment it, it's the neoliberalistic capitalist thinking uh jackson um that you and i were just talking about in between the takes where um what they do is they purposely set people up to fail and mm. fall through the hoops that um and go through the hoops and fall through the cracks because certain um, job agencies, yeah, there's a couple of good ones, sure, but most of them aren't going to be good ones. There's, there's plenty that just rot the system, rot the people, everyday people on Centrelink. And, um, you know, there's, there's calls for a lot of groups to push for full employment, but at the end of the day, 
neoliberalists don't want to see full employment because they they got cash to make out of everyday hard-working people because they want to they they've got money to make off these government contracts being handed to them i mean um one of the worst ones i experienced issues with um i've got a few certs out of them but oh i didn't get much help from them was max employment for example over the years or there's groups like tersa um I mean, yeah, some some people might have some good experiences with some, but for, for, unfortunately for a lot of other people, uh, they, they're going through these hoops all the time. And if you, if mutual you just look obligations, at the, if for you, Yeah, if you just look at the, des- the, 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 the design in a, in a most uh, uh, simplistic yeah. way, these uh, employment agencies, if they find you a job, Mm. Well, they don't get paid anymore, do they? Yeah, the the whole concept of a private job agency is absolutely absurd. They're incentivized to keep you in poverty. Yeah, yeah, they're, exactly. Their whole job uh, is threatened by them doing their job. It's like that movie they live where like space lizard people are politicians <laughs> and and people as public servants or you know corporate bankers or whatever. But uh, and and I'm all out of that uh, uh, bubble gum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's a yeah. line from that particular yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, hey I, I just wanted to. I've got a sentence here from 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 this Guardian article that mm. that I, I think says it all for me. Right, yep. increasing job seeker for over fifty fives would benefit more than two hundred and twenty thousand people. Mm, mm. Right, that's good. Pause. That's okay. That's good. Mm, mm. But exclude more than six hundred and eighty thousand others on job seeker and youth allowance. I read that too, and one of the things that people get stumped in on these mutual obligations would have to be the number one these days. And they've got this new credit scheme system that the ScoMo government, under their god awful um government that you know we we just had australia vote out last year unfortunately the labor government still for this last year kept um the measures introduced where you've got to accumulate a certain amount of like points whether it be for an interview going to see um your job agent getting um you know some driving lessons sorted or uh, you know working or whatever but the the downside is is like some people are in um situations where their health is affected and um you've got to get like certain certifications from a doctor Mm. um to like um get out of certain things and if you had like a legitimate reason you know and sometimes (laughs) you have a legitimate reason and sometimes you get a note from the doctor and sometimes you give them the medical documents and sometimes they lose those medical documents and then they say that you owe them two thousand dollars and you say that's not right and they're like oh yeah forget about it and then next month they're like by the way you owe us two thousand dollars and maybe they might do this for the rest of your life every time you think you've 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 convinced them that yeah no it's not my fault i gave you the medical documents and you and you and you lost them but they're like no no time to robo debt yeah exactly jen and and with with like um the robo debt um fiasco and the shitstorm that caused i mean heaps of people died like yeah they they were getting texts saying that you were you were this amount of debt and some of some of the debts were huge you know what yeah. i mean like we looked uh, a huge amounts right mm. lots of zeros and they would get these texts it would start every once in a while then it's every day and then it's multiple times a day they're getting these texts saying you're this much in debt you're this much in debt your debt's not going away mm. pay your debt now you get these calls right from these these other organizations that aren't centrelink but there's like separate organizations that debt are just collectors. debt collectors yep. that sent that work that centrelink contracts out these debt collectors and these debt collectors call you and say you're in debt you're in debt you're in debt you're in debt mm. and then people literally died because that stress mm. can kill you. Oh, yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, people on Centrelink don't have the best mental health. <laughs> um, something to do with the stress of poverty, um, as well as mental health uh, issues tending to not be the best uh, way to get a job. Um, and Centrelink, of course, does not care. Mm. They simply... Um, and all of these, like half of these debts, weren't even real. 
yeah mm, mm. yeah no they uh they do they did just try to extort money out of people for no reason who are poor yeah oh i mean like i've i've been in a good government job for three months recently as we all know from a previous episode in the queensland human rights commission i own over a certain amount where i couldn't be on centrelink but recently because i'm in between jobs and i've just had a few jobs offered um where i might take up a job soon for a few weeks i'm gonna have to be on centrelink and i just got a nasty bloody surprise where i only got a few hundred bucks to get through the fortnight like how Mm. the how the can i how the f can i get through this fortnight i mean fortunately i've got a lot of good friends and family and i've because I'm really resilient, but there's a but lot of people... But not everyone has that. Yeah, there's a lot of people, like you say, who don't have that support social net. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're coming through a cold winter. Uh, we're going to be going through tough times. I mean, I, I rented um, in share housing accommodation for so many different years getting through uni. And, um, you know, sometimes you get, like, really good housemates, but sometimes you get like it's quite a gamble it's like russian roulette and the amount of crazy stories i could tell you is about some of the stuff i saw or some of the cooked um you know landlords i i came across mm. as well i mean we maybe that's something we could talk about in future because there's people going through real cost of living crisis rental situations and being pushed to it, extremes it really is a tough time <laughs> out there and, and and you know a bit of a kick in the guts for those under 55 that are struggling you know so yeah and like this sending increase it's like whatever it's a good thing um but let's acknowledge it for what it is which yeah. is the bare minimum that the Labour Party can do to attempt to maintain a voter base. Yep, that's they, right. They don't, they're not actually trying to help anyone. Hello, I'm Mick Lynch, General Secretary. I'm here to give you a very important update on the dispute with the train operating companies in defence of your jobs, pay and conditions. Today we met with the RDG again, and they clarified to us their position on the disputes resolution procedure, which we've been considering around the union for the last couple of weeks. In that discussion, they stated to me clearly and explicitly a new position in their regard to that document. What they have said to us is that we will not be able to take the first stage payment and then enter in to the negotiations on the second stage. That means that they will not pay 5% and the £1,750 underpin if we endorse the document. What they are now saying to us is that we would have to terminate our dispute, end all industrial action and terminate our industrial action mandate. This is a very serious development in this dispute and we regard their position as reneging and reversing on what is in that document. It's my strong feeling and that of your NEC that this is at the behest of the Tory government because they want to escalate this dispute and they do not want to give us what was written down in clear terms in that document. So they are now saying that we have to go into the second stage negotiations without an industrial action mandate and without the ability to take that action if those talks break down and they seek to impose upon us those detrimental terms and conditions which they are offering in return for a very poor pay rise of 4%. I've reported that to your national executive today and they obviously regard this as a very serious development in this dispute. It also means that our understanding and perception of the way forward in this dispute has been undermined and in fact destroyed. Further to that, we have today received proposals from the RDG for our train driver members around all the top companies. To add insult to injury, the proposals for train drivers are even worse than those that have been proposed for the other grades in our union. What they are proposing for our drivers is 4% last year, as opposed to the 5% we 
with an underpin that we already have for other grades and 4% for the next year, the second year. In return, they are seeking some fundamental changes to working practices, agreements and terms and conditions. I'm not going to list all those to you today. You can see those in the documentation that will be released, but they are equally as onerous as those for the other grades and will mean fundamental changes to the way our drivers work, to the way new entrants are rewarded in terms of salary, training packages and so forth. Taken together, these two developments mean that this dispute has now been fundamentally altered and we will return, I believe, to where we've been throughout the dispute, that the companies at the behest of the Tory government are seeking to impose drastic changes and detrimental changes to your conditions and your working life. In response to these developments, your NEC has met this afternoon and taken on board all of these issues. And they've reached the following conclusions. One, that the development is entirely unacceptable and that the disputes resolution uh, process is now of no use to us as a union. That means that we will not enter into that disputes resolution process and the union has rejected the document. We've also rejected the document that affects our driver members. We've also decided that we must take further industrial action. Our sister union ASLEF have also decided to take further action and they have named three dates in May and early June. Your national executive has decided to put strike action on for 24 hours on Saturday the 13th of May. We call on all of you to take that action get on those picket lines and keep this dispute going. In the meantime, we await our ballot results, which will come through next Thursday on May the 4th, and we will give further consideration to a program of industrial action when we get those results. We are expecting a very strong yes vote from what we've heard from our members, but I must emphasize to you that you must continue to vote yes if you haven't already done so, and make sure that ballot paper is returned to us by Thursday, May the 4th. This means that the dispute remains alive. It means that we're in the same position that we were in at the start of the dispute and where we were before they made the proposals on, on dispute resolutions procedure, which they have now effectively rescinded. We cannot tolerate this level of interference in our disputes and having the government effectively rescind a document that has been put to us by your employers. So once again, I say to you, let's stick together. Let's take the action. Two unions remain in this dispute. We are both committed to pursuing our agenda of a fair pay rise, defending your conditions and getting you job security in our industry. So take the action, vote yes, stand by your union and stand by each other. Thank you very much. And thank you very much to uh, Mick Lynch for giving us a, a very uh, comprehensive update on uh, what's happening for the uh, train drivers um, in the UK. Mm, it's, good. it's a struggle that's been going on for a while now, and they've been fighting really hard. They have, they have, and uh, you know, the, the, the you know the the RDG group, you know, have been ruthless negotiators, and you know, putting out offers and then you know reneging on deals. So. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's just good to hear from Mick, and uh, he, uh, that was a fairly comprehensive update. So we thought we'd play it for you. So thank the you to Mick. Workers action. Yeah, yeah, so we've got a little bit over time, so we're we're going to have to to to, to rush through events. Um, has has I heard someone mention an event that you? Oh yeah, there is one coming up. I'll mention this next week too. Um, there's a Save Tunda rally occurring on um, a Mother's Day morning walk on the 14th of May 
um, at 9 a.m. start, wraps up at 11 a.m. at the Raby Bay uh, Harbour Park in uh, Cleveland uh, next to the train station. And, uh, yeah, it's just basically a walk to save the bay in Cleveland. Um, there's a bit more information that's b- um, been put out by Redlands 2030, BirdLife Australia and the Australian um, Conservation a- Foundation, ACF. They're putting out some uh, disclaimers and more information about it. So check it out to our listeners if you're keen and concerned about the uh, Ramsar wetlands being protected um, at Toonda. And, um, yeah, that's a wrap from me. All right. And also in events is the BPU fundraising uh, concert that's Saturday, May 13th at Echo and Bounce. Doors at 3pm, $25 for tickets. Got Dancing Water and Ethan Enoch. And of course, right now, there is the uh, struggle going on at Deebing Creek. Uh, the cops and A.V. Jennings have moved in to destroy the occupation and start developing the site. They've removed all the people and put up a fence around the area, and they need your help right now. And that is at Deebing Creek. You can find out more information at Deebing Creek Justice Judge Umber Protection Site on Facebook. Um, and the address, I believe, is 122 Grampian Drive. One, 144 Grampian Drive. Drive. Or Grampian Drive. Yeah, oh, park park on Rawlings Road. So yeah. put that in your GPS, Rawlings Road, Deebing Creek. Um, I'll be heading out there this after, later on this afternoon. Um, yeah, that, that is a red alert situation yeah. happening right now. They need support. Um, yeah, and if, if you want to find out other ways to support, they've got a, um, they've just put up a link to their fundraiser, which you can find on their Facebook page. And just, just one more I want to add. There's a, there's a counter-protest happening, you know, which is, uh, it's being, this, this comes to us from Trans Health Australia, and it's um, the keep the transphobic, uh, fascist and Nazis off our streets. Um, standing up for women, Queensland's hate event uh, to promote transphobic hatred and violence in Brisbane. Um, uh, TERFs, farts and other far-right transphobic Nazis, uh, fascists in Brisbane, are planning to hold a rally at Speaker's Corner outside Parliament of Brisbane next Sunday, 7th of May at 12.30pm. Come along, bring your loud hailers. Better still, bring a powerful PA system uh, (laughs) to protest and drown out their vilifying hate speech and incitement of violence towards trans women, uh, parents, and support their children who are trans and our allies. Absolutely. You know, so that's uh, this Sunday. Um, I'm not sure I can get, get out to that, but if you can. Where was it again? Okay, where? Uh, Speaker's Corner up near Parliament House. Ah, yes. Yeah, so 12.30 this Sunday. Get there and um, and, and get out there and, and counter the hate field protest. All right, we, we better quickly go on um, because we're, we're quickly running out of time and this week's uh, scallywag of the week is CEO from AV Jennings, Phil Kearns. You're a grub, Phil Kearns. You are a grub. scallywag. You might have been a good footy player, but, you know, <laughs> you, you ended up a CEO, which is, uh, you know, that's where scallywags go to live, you know, and you are a scallywag. Um, and get, stop desecrating stolen lands. Stop being a racist. Stop desecrating the bodies of First Nations people. Yes, yeah, so on that, um, we, we, will, we, will le- we will leave you and... Um, that's our show for today, and we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, comrades. See you.